Today is Palm Sunday, hallelujah. The day that Jesus came into the town riding on that donkey. You can put that up there. I'm okay with that. Um, that's our mission statement again, because that's where we're going to finish out today. We're going to finish the whole thing. Our mission statement is hope for this city, hope for the world. Amen. God wants to use you and New Hope Family Worship Center to bring hope to the city and to the world. Amen. And that we're going to do that by changing lives, by reflecting God's forgiveness and love. Now, listen, you can't reflect God's forgiveness if you have unforgiveness. Thanks, Jake. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you can't reflect God's forgiveness if you've got unforgiveness. So you, if you've got any unforgiveness, when we, we sang today, search my heart, God, when, when you're singing that, I'm thinking, if you've got any unforgiveness, let it go. You know, let him really dig into you. If there's anything that's just been hiding in there, in your heart, that you're even just kind of, you put on the back burner and you haven't dealt with it, you know, because it's too painful. I'd encourage you to go through the pain because Jesus took all your pain to the cross. Amen. Forgive, forgive, forgive. And I know, man, we live in a day where such terrible things happen. You know, things happen when we're kids and stuff. But we got to forgive. Amen. And then we want to exalt God, our core values, to exalt the Lord, to encourage each other, and to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Amen. To be empowered. And, and last week we went through, I can't see it from here, uh, model and equip. We went through modeling and equipping last week, and uh, we want to model Christ, amen? And we want to be equipped that when we're out there modeling Christ, that we can tell people about Jesus, amen? We want to tell people about Jesus. Everybody say, Jesus! I like how you bring it up just like me. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, today we're on Empower, part three, and we're at Train. Everybody say, Train. And if you'll stand with me, we're going to read a couple of scriptures. One, Proverbs 22.6, and the other one, 2 Timothy 2.15. Proverbs 22.6, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. 2 Timothy 2.15, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that today, Lord, that you would train us in the things of the kingdom. And Father God, that we would be so diligent about your word, Father. That it just be a part of who we are. That your word is always on the tip of our tongue. It's there before we act, Father. That it's never not there, Father, but it's always there, always present. Your word be ever present inside of us. And Father God, that you give us the strength and the courage and the boldness to walk out your word in these days and in this hour. We love you so much and we thank you for this time together in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You may be seated. So training, model, equip, and then train. Model, equip. You model Christ, amen. You, you get equipped and, and you get trained or you train people, amen. That's what we need to do. When you train... You have to be diligent about training. You know, when if, if you're going to train, you probably can't eat the way you've been eating. You got to be diligent about getting better, right, Oscar? You, you got Oscar is just so buff and 
bulked up, you know, I mean, this guy's an animal over there, but he, but he trains so hard that he can probably eat whatever he wants, you know, but uh, you got to be diligent about it when you, you know, if you're in training, you can't just take a week off, right, Stephanie? You take a week off and you go back and you're just dying. It's, you see Stephanie's Facebook, she's always training for something, you know, but you can't, you can't be a slacker when it comes to training, amen? You can't slack off. You've got to always press in. You need to stay consistent with training because if you're training for a marathon, you don't run for three weeks and then take a week off. It's just something happens in that week. You know, you're like, <sighs> you know, you're dying. So today I want to, I want to capture how, how we can best train. And I have a few thoughts on how you can, can train so that you can... Um, Overcome what's going on in this world. Overcome the obstacles. Because listen, nobody, nobody is kept from all the obstacles of this world right now. It just seems like the enemy has picked it up. People are being hit. People are being tried. People are being tested. People are being tempted. And so we've got to, we've got to work at staying trained so that we don't give in to our flesh. Amen. You know, what do you say? Spirit is willing, but our flesh is what? Weak. And so, what are we always living it? We have with us. Doesn't go away. Our flesh. It's always there. It's ever present. So, it's us working to, to get that thing to not talk so loud. Flesh talks loud, doesn't it? It really does. Go to that next slide, Mindy, if you would, please. So number one today, I want to encourage you, is when you're in training, take notes. Take notes of what you're learning. Don't just say, oh, that was a nice message, Pastor. Write it down. You're like, well, I don't take notes. You learn. <laughs> they say, listen, if you, if you hear it, you might get 10%. If you hear it and see it, the odds go up. But if you hear it, see it, and write it, you might capture about 80% of it. Hear it, see it, write it. See, and that's what we want to do. We want to capture the word of God, amen? You know, uh, Pastor Emil, our Arabic pastor, he's, uh, last year, he, he does a daily Bible reading every day um, for 15 minutes online on a Zoom call. And they do that. And so this year, they're doing the New Testament, one chapter at a time. He said next year, He's going to have his church write one chapter a day. I said, you mean copy it out of the Bible? He goes, yep, they're going to write it. See, because when you write it, when you take notes, you, you capture more. And, and it sinks in. So even if you're at home and you've got scriptures, write them down. Take notes on what you're reading in the word, amen? Do a little bit more than just say, oh, I did my daily Bible reading, I'm good. Do you remember what you read? That's the key. You want to remember, amen? And then number two, do a, record videos. Take pictures. I would take picture of that slide so you don't have to remember it so good. You can just go, what did pastor talk about? <laughs> just take a picture. Come on, everybody, take a picture. Make me happy today. <laughs> Come on, Jake, get out your camera. <laughs> you take a picture. Remember when you, you were a kid and somebody was staring at you, you'd say, take a picture, it lasts longer. <laughs> it's true, it will, it will last longer until you delete it. 
So that's the thing is, you know, like when, when Mario's showing me sound things, I'm like, I'm never going to remember this. So I take a picture or I draw a diagram, you know, so I can remember these things. And so it's the same thing when you're in studying the word of God. You've got to get that picture inside of you and you, you can't just see it once. How many of you ever dream? And then you're in that dream and you're like, I should probably write this down. And then you go, oh no, I'll never forget this. And then you wake up in the morning and you're like, what was that dream? Because we didn't take that time to take notes or get that picture going. You know, and then, and then number three, just good old fashioned, pay attention. Pay attention. Amen. Listen, we, get, we are so distracted, so distracted. If your phone goes off during the service, you check it. If you get a message, you, you're like. And you're praying, oh, don't walk this way. <laughs> don't let him walk this way. You know, because that's what we do. We get so distracted by these stupid little things. You, me, everybody. We're always distracted by what's going on here. And, and you need to just turn it off for the service. Amen. What's bad for me, I wear my watch. It's tied to my phone. And even when I'm preaching, my phone starts, I mean, my watch starts buzzing. I'm like, don't you guys know where I'm at? I had a guy call me when I was preaching one day. I forgot to turn off my ringer. Just good old-fashioned paying attention. Delonda, Delonda says, hey, can I tell you something? I say, yeah, sure. And she waits. I'm like, I said, go ahead. She says, well, I'm waiting for you to look at me. I'm waiting for you to give me full attention. See, God wants your, God wants your full attention, amen? He wants your attention. He wants you to look to him so that he can speak into you and it's going to stick. Because we got to get past all these distractions that we have tugging us, tugging us. And then number four, understand that you can't keep God in a box. You know, God doesn't do things the same way. I remember we were in Japan one time. And uh, this kid had a demon. And I told the praise team, I said, just start praising God. And so they just started singing the name of Jesus. And as they started singing the name of Jesus, I went back and I, I laid hands on him because he just said, I feel this heaviness on me. And what does Isaiah say? Put on the garment of praise, the spirit of heaviness will go. Amen? Because heaviness is a spirit. It's a spiritual attack. So this kid's on his hands and knees and, and they start singing Jesus and and I lay hands on his back and he literally just started vibrating off the floor. And then all of a sudden he flew up in the air and he landed on his back and his shoes went flying. I just thought that was so funny. I started laughing. I mean, his shoes just went flying. He screamed. That demon came out. He got filled with the Holy Spirit, started speaking in tongues. That was just a great time. Remember that? Man, it was, it was funny. So the next day we get in the car and we're, we're going to the meeting place and and we're driving, when they go, we're going to pick up somebody. I said, okay, so they stop. And this guy gets in next to me, and I scoot over, and I go, ooh. It's like, see, a spirit of ooh. 
God in the car with us. You know, I mean, I, Barbara, I didn't know what that spirit was, but I went, ooh. Because when it got in, the atmosphere just went. So we get to the meeting, we get out, not preaching, and, and this guy comes forward for prayer. And so when I go to pray for him, that demon in him started manifesting. And he was going to charge up on the stage. And I put him in a chokehold and just pulled him down to the ground. And then you know what they did? The worship team? They started, Jesus. They started singing that song again. It's not the same. This is where you, you need to, to learn from God. Things aren't always the same. And when they started singing Jesus, I said, that's not going to do that. It's different. This is a different demon. And he had a spirit of infirmity on him because he was, he was just white as a ghost. And when we cast that off, that guy come to his right mind. But I just thought it was funny that they started singing the same song that worked the night before. And it's not always the same. So it, when it comes to when you're dealing with demonic possession, dealing with casting out demons, you say, why are you telling us this? Because you should be casting out demons. Well, this side believes it. Little old man, little old man over here. Come on now. He said, you know, you're, you're to cast out demons. Mark 16, just read it. Verse 17. You'll speak in new tongues. You'll cast out demons. You'll speak in new tongues. Mark 17, 16, 17. So that's the believer. So it's not always the same. Demons don't always act the same. There's no prescription, Jake, for casting out demons, except the power of God. The power of God in you moving will work. But it's not, people don't act the same. It's not the same demonic thing, it's, but it's real. So you need to know things aren't always the same. So no matter how you get trained, no matter what you get trained in, there's always more. And for me, and this is how I learn, is hands-on. You can tell me till you're blue in the face, but until I lay, lay hands on, like you can tell me how to rebuild the motor, but I got to build it myself. I got to get my hands dirty. I got to get on that motor and I got to start working. You know, I can't just have you tell me I got to step in. I got to get dirty. You know, when it comes into the kingdom of God, you got to get dirty sometimes. Amen. You got to press past what you think, what you feel, press into the Lord so that he can move through you. And then number six Allow yourself to be challenged. How many of you have ever been challenged by the Lord? Don't you think that on this day, Jesus was challenged? I mean, he's, he's knowing what's going to happen in Jerusalem. He knows what he's heading to on that Palm Sunday. He knows that when he gets there, stuff's going to start happening and it's going to be the end of his life. He knows the, the, the torture that he's going to be under. But yet he told his guys, he said, listen, you're going to go to this place and there's going to be the foal of a donkey. That means a baby that had never been ridden. You bring it and you tell the owner I need it. I don't know if any of you have ever ridden on a horse or a donkey that's never been ridden before. You know, we... We've tried to, we've acted this, this scene out a few times in the church, but we had to use a horse. 
Because they, you know, you know Mark, they won't let us ride a donkey if we weigh more than 125 pounds. That's wrong. That's what I said. You know. So we had to get a horse. The last time we did it, the horse needed, um, you got your service dog? We had to have a service horse. So we had to have a horse and a horse. So we had to have two horses to come in to drop Jesus off here at the altar. It was quite exciting, especially when they start kicking, you know. It gets a little rambunctious. But Jesus, he gets on that donkey and he comes in to the city. And the people are shouting, hallelujah, hallelujah, hosanna, hosanna. God save, God save. It's incredible. Him knowing what he was going to go through, he did it anyways. He did it for us. He did it so that we don't have to. He went to the cross so that we don't have to. Now, we need to pick up our cross daily. And, and what that means is when I pick up my cross daily, what I'm picking up is God's way of doing things, his way of being right, not my own. I'm going to do things his way, not my way. That's when I pick up my cross and say, Jesus, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to do things your way today. I stop trying to do things my way. I'm just going to be focused on Jesus' way. Amen. And so Jesus comes into the city. And as he comes into the city, you know, he goes straight to the temple. And then he gets in there and he sees the money changers and stuff. And he just starts wrecking havoc in there, flipping tables, letting animals go. In the movie, um, Greatest Story Ever Told, man, he's letting all the pigeons go. He's letting the goats go. He's letting the sheep go. He's turning over tables. All the money's flying everywhere. This is so awesome. Jesus was on fire. But you got to allow yourself to be challenged. You got to allow yourself to be challenged to where you're going to step up and you're going to share the gospel with somebody. You're going to share the good news with somebody. You're going to share with somebody what God's doing in your life. And if God's not doing anything in your life, then you better get with God. And then number seven, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to try. You know, the, the biggest thing that holds back a miracle is the what ifs. What if I pray and nothing happens? What if I step out and and we think it doesn't work? The what ifs is what kills us. You got to take care of your what ifs so you won't be afraid. You won't be afraid. You can't have fear, amen? Because what is fear? It's a spirit. An evil spirit. Fear is another evil spirit that the enemy tries to bind us up in so that we don't do what God wants us to do. So we've got to break off that fear, amen? We've got to break off that fear so we're not afraid to open our mouth and tell people about Jesus. Greg told me the other day, was it Friday, uh, Friday that um, somebody came into his shop and he's cutting his hair? And Greg led him to Jesus right there in the barbershop. It's great. His, the barbershop is a great place to win people to the Lord. Amen. We've done it together. We've been there. And uh, I, I just like to go hang out at the barbershop just for the opportunity. 
It's great. So find your niche. Find some way that you can get over your fears to step out and that you can, you know, you take everything you take in and then you, you find a place where you can give it out. Because listen, if you don't give it out, you're just going to become stinky. You'll be that crotchety old person nobody wants to hang around because you stink. Let <laughs> me ask you this. How many of you stink? None of you are raising your hand. So that means you're not a swamp. That means that you take what you take in flows out. See, because that's what the Dead Sea is. The Dead Sea doesn't have an outlet. It just comes in and everything dies when it comes into the Dead Sea. See, that's what how swamps are. Water comes in, but nothing goes out. We can't be that way. We can't be a swamp. We want to be a river that flows, amen? You know, remember that song you sang? I, I mean, you know, I was raised in church. I got a river of life flowing out of me. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Opens prison doors, sets the captives free. I got a river of life flowing out of me. Spring up, oh well. Splish, splash. <laughs> you know. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's got to be us. That's got to be us. That's got to be our heart, our attitude that we're going out, that we take in what we learn in church, that we take in what we learn in Bible study, we take in what we learn in Bible school, and we let it flow out. We go out, and we don't, just don't be afraid, and you just start talking about Jesus. God will give you an opportunity. He will give you a way to bring him into the conversation if you let him. But if you're afraid, it's hard. So you just can't be afraid. Just got to bring it up. Figure out how to do it. Figure out in what you do, how you can bring up the kingdom of God. Amen. Figure out when you're doing something. Oh, you know what? This is how the kingdom of God works. Because that's all Jesus did, isn't it, Greg? He said, no, this is how the kingdom of God works. This is how. And he just kept bring, relating everything to the kingdom of God. Don't have fear. Just relate everything to Jesus. It's really easy. One amen. Come on, you guys. This is our mission, our vision. This is what God has called us as New Hope Family Worship Center to do. Don't be afraid to try. Encourage people. Jesus followed through with what he was trained to do. Remember when he was a little kid, 12 years old? See, he was trained that once a year you go to the temple. Once a year you go and you make sacrifices. Once a year you, you went with your family. And, but he, he got there and he, he went and sat with the priests and he started talking to them. And mom and dad left for back home and they're like, hey, where's Jesus? And I'm like, I don't know. So they come back to Jerusalem and they find him in a temple sharing with the priests and the priests are just like blown away by this kid that's just sharing just such wisdom from above and and see he was about his father's business when are we going to be about our father's business we all have our own business but we need to be about our father's business and you can't be afraid of offending people you know, what are we going to say to God? 
Oh God, I would have told him, but I didn't want to offend him. Jesus might say, away from me, I never knew you. That's a scary thought. I just see that bolt of lightning again by that movie. (laughs) So Jesus finished his task of what he was to do. He did what he was trained for. And then he created, before he left, disciples. Everybody say disciple. This is like number four or five, four on that list of empowerment, making disciples. Matthew 28, 19 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So saying a prayer, being saved is one thing. But making disciples is another. Amen. He didn't say go and get people to say a prayer. He said go and make disciples. I mean, I love that we make that commitment because Romans says if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, we will be saved. So the prayer is necessary, but the prayer is a starting point. It's like you're in the starting blocks and now you, you've got to be discipled. Amen. You've got to learn. You've got to learn how to, you've got to be trained. You've got to be equipped with stuff to say. You've got to make disciples. And uh, you, you need to follow through with people. You can't just say, hey, you got saved. That's great. You're going to heaven. No, get them in and make disciples. Baptize them, as I said, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And one thing I have learned is that I am constantly being discipled. Constantly. I read through the Bible every year, and I, I read, and I would declare today that there are things in there. I've probably done this. Oh, man, a lot of years read through the Bible every year. But every year I find new stuff. I'm like, is that really in there? I never read that before. And it's like, yes, you have. I'm like, I don't remember that. Well, you probably didn't write it down. (laughs) Probably, Probably just read through it. But, you know, there's things that we can learn every day in Jesus. He wants to disciple you. He wants to train you up. Philippians chapter 2, 12 and 13, it says this. It says, therefore, my beloved, as you've always obeyed, not as much in my presence, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Okay, God is at work in you to bring you to that point that you're doing his will, amen? That you're not doing your will. Remember, I said to pick up your cross means that you're putting your agenda aside and you're picking up Christ's agenda. And that doesn't mean, well, you don't go to work. It doesn't mean that you stop working. It means that when you're going to work, you tell somebody about Jesus. Or when you're at work, you know, you don't do it on the owner's time. You do it on your break. You do it on your lunch. You say, hey, let's have lunch. Let me share with you. And you figure out how to get that done. Amen. That's what God wants out of us is to share the love of God with people. And so as he's working in you both to will and do for his good pleasure, God has a a way that he wants us to do things and he needs us to be discipled and to make disciples, amen? Just going out and, and getting people saved is one thing, but you've got to get them to learn the word of God. Amen? 
I know I almost did it to you today, what I'm going to tell you now, but a couple years ago, I talked about making disciples. And I have a discipleship program. It's 48 lessons. And I printed out the first lesson for everybody here. And I said, give it to somebody. Put your name and phone number on it. Let them call you. And I just wonder how many people went and gave it to somebody, or if it ended up in the trash, or if it's still in the car, or, <laughs> or when you cleaned out the car, you threw it in the trash. You know, I, we had this one lady in, in school, because when I taught discipleship in college, I made them do this. This was homework. And I had to have a report back on. So this one lady, she went to Denny's and over on Van Buren. And she brought that lesson with her. And so she was determined to give it to the waitress. Jake, she was determined. I'm going to give it to this waitress. But she was so nervous about giving it to her. And so she went up and she, she paid her bill. And she headed for the door. And she had that paper. And then she turned around and she ran back over to the waitress. She said, here, read this and call me if you want and ran out the door. <laughs> but you know what she did? She did it. She didn't just leave it in the car, didn't throw it on the floor, throw it in the trash. Say, no, I can't do this. See, God wants us, you know, as I said, you're going to be challenged you know, and, and to be challenged, you've got to step up. Amen? And so to hand that out, I'll bring you one in a couple of weeks. I'll bring you one. And I'll let you, you can write your name on it, put your phone number there. And then if they want lesson two, I'll shoot you lesson two. I'll just email it to you. And then you just go over it with them. Is that hard? Is it hard to hand out the first one? <laughs> you just got to find that person. You know, you'll, you'll meet somebody and they might be excited for a minute and then they might do two lessons with you, but they, yeah, they, they won't respond again. And, you know, or you'll find that person that's good ground. You'll find that person that's good ground, that's ready, and they just eat it up, and you're like doing all 48 lessons with them. You're like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. And then when you get to that lesson on baptism, you're like, you know what? Hey, we're going to have baptism at the church. Let's, let's go get baptized. Or we're going to do it in the pool. You know, you, you, you step out and you be the minister. That's why you get trained. That's why you get equipped. That's why you come, is to, to not just so you can say, oh, that was nice, but to really go and do, amen? So that you go and you find people and you minister to them, amen? That's what we're called to do. <coughs> My iPad won't, wouldn't update today, so I couldn't, I'm on paper. <laughs> but God has is, is created us to be disciples so that we can bring in the harvest of souls for Jesus to come back. When is he going to come back? 
went all of her. How many of you want him to come back? How many of you wish he came back yesterday? I mean, I mean, come on. There's so much going on in our world right now. You know, but he's not coming back till all of her. And last week I challenged you to pray for that one person. Are you praying for that one person? Are you praying for that person that you can share with, that you can love on, that you can see come to Jesus, that you can disciple them and help them to grow in the things of God? He created disciples so that to carry on the work. That's what we're to do. We're to carry on the work. We're, that's, as disciples, we're to carry on the work. We're to go and make disciples, to keep going, to keep doing, amen? Thank you, Jake. <laughs> but he said, you know, go into all the world. Isn't that what I read a minute ago? Go into all the world. And for some of you, go therefore make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. For some, listen, you don't have to go where I go. You don't have to go to China. You don't have to go to Pakistan. Sometimes you just got to walk across the street. You just got to walk across the room sometimes. Walk across the street and bring that, that family that's from India a, a plate of brownies. They were thinking of you today. We just wanted to bless you with some brownies. And they'll be like, why? Oh, because. Open the door. You may not share Jesus the first time, but if you don't ever start doing something, you won't ever share Jesus. But it, it just takes... You know, you can make them, them taquitos like you, you make, Barbara, you know? Just give them to the neighbors. Or just give them to me, huh? It's okay. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? I mean, you, you, take, you take a little something, something, and just minister to your neighbors. Just love them. Love them. Everybody say, love them. Look, that's all he wants. And then once you're loving them, and then you could, you know, the second, third time, then you can tell them why you love them. You can tell them what Jesus has done in your life. You make that plate of brownies, but you don't give it to them on a paper plate. You give it to them on a fancy plate. See, because you give it to them on a fancy plate, they got to put something on it and bring it back. See, then you start the going back and forth, and you start that building that relationship. Then you start talking. Then you start finding out their needs. And then you tell them, you know what? I'm a person of prayer. I believe that God can heal you. Would you let me pray for you today? And you just start. But if you don't start, if you don't let his will come out of you, I just wonder what's going to happen. It's not that hard. You know what? We get so much bread in this church. I mean, we get bread coming out of our ears sometimes. I go down there and I look at all that bread, racks of bread. But what if you got a loaf of bread and you took it to your neighbor? Hey, we had excess. I wanted to bring you a loaf of bread today. How do you got a nice loaf of bread? You don't even have to say anything about Jesus. Just give him the bread. 
Get out of your comfort zone. Get to the point where you start stepping out and saying, I'm going to do what pastors tell me. I'm going to do what I've been trained to do. I'm going to do what God's called me to do. I'm going to step out. I'm going to go and I'm going to bring somebody some eggs, some bread, something. Can you share? Go grab that mic. I mean, even like I told you, during COVID, we got 2,000 pounds of seized candy. We gave it to everybody and their mother. I mean, everybody we could give it to. I've talked to people, yeah, we still have some in the freezer. I mean, because we gave out so much candy. But we just, we loved on people. We went all this neighborhood here. And they're like, how much is this? It's, it's nothing. I'm Pastor Ron from New Hope. We just want to let you know we love you here. Do you remember our neighbor when we lived yeah. in Riverside? Um, we had an egg-throwing contest at um, the pastor's as a, as a fundraiser or something in yeah, the children's area. Yeah, we're not doing area. that. And so at the end, they had all these flats of eggs, and we were about to go on a retreat with the young adults. And so they gave us, like, five flats of eggs. Well, I can't use five flats of eggs. So I took, I took a flat to our neighbor who was Christian on this side. But this one on this side... Every time we had something at our house, they would call. He would call the police. He even electrified and shocked my cat, or I had to take a, a, my cat to emergency. She almost died. Um, I mean, this man was horrible, like horrible to the to the T. So I took him a flat of eggs because I, I knew he was out in the front yard, and I was just killing it with kindness. I was always nice to the man, even when he, the police were standing there trying to give us tickets on every car that was parked in the cul-de-sac. And he just was just mean. It didn't matter. And I gave him a flat of eggs and he looked at me and he goes, thanks. And then a, a, about a half an hour later, we got a knock on the door and he had a grapefruit tree and a bunch of other fruit trees and, and vegetable things in his yard. And he brought us this this platter with all this fruit on it. And he goes, oh, I just want to give you something back. Oh my gosh, thank you. It was my oldest daughter who said, mom, I'm going to make him some brownies because you never return a dish empty. So she made him brownies, put it in the dish they gave us and took it over to him. I saw him in the yard about two weeks later. And he said, you know, my wife's been diagnosed with cancer. Would you mind going in my house and praying for her? Kindness. It is one of the fruits. Kindness. It's something you rarely see. It's just not, you don't always have to react when somebody's being awful. <laughs> Be the bigger person. Amen. And then as you're making disciples, or you're, you yourself are a disciple. The last one is be released. Be released. Amen. Releasing. In, in Acts 13, 2, it says, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. You know, we want more people here at New Hope. Amen. We want more people. We want the seats full, the balcony full. We love that. But it, it, for me, it's to raise people up so we can send them out. You know, we, we've had, through the years that I've been in this church, there's been so many people raised up and sent out and gone to, to, on to do other works. And it's just great. That's what we're to do. We're to raise them up, send them out. 
We need to be able to train up and disciple people to release them to go and do a work in another place, amen? And I'm not talking about, you don't have to go to Uganda and work in our orphanage there or in our churches over there, but I'm talking about maybe you could just go to Riverside and start a work, amen? You could go and be the pastor at Greg's shop and just sit there all day and lead, lead people to Jesus. <laughs> but that's what we, we, we want to train people up. We want them to be disciples. We have four people that are applying for their first level of license with the Assemblies of God right now. Um, pastor Herman, our Spanish pastor, uh, associate pastor, he's also our administrator. Pastor Peter is our Chinese pastor. And then Ed and Andy are getting their license too so they're they're starting up and then there's a few that we're going to go ahead and license as a church because they've done the work and and uh, god's called them but do you know there's 24 million people in southern california 24 million you know how many of them that god loves all of them do you know that i mean as many churches are in corona if all the churches were full on sunday there wouldn't be enough room for all the people. So there's plenty of room to start more churches, to do more work, amen? And, and God wants you too. He wants you to do it. He wants you to get trained up, raised up, discipled, empowered, and sent out, amen? That you go and you start another work. Or maybe not. We need to train up people to go, amen. I'm so excited. Herman got a diploma, and he sent it to me yesterday, and it's a beautiful diploma he got for passing that level of courses that he's already done, and he's already starting up on the second level. You know what? You could do that, too. You just sign up on that, that list out there, pay 110 bucks, and I'll order you books, and we'll, we start the Tuesday after Easter. Okay. You know, I, I used to be an injection mold maker. You know what that is? Everything's plastic. I used to I used to make uh, blow molds for bottles. So I'd make the outer I'd make the mold for a bottle, and um, I did that all by computers. Um, but all along the way, I was being trained and discipled by the church. 25 years I was a mold maker. And, um, but during that 25 years, I came to everything I could at the church. And, th and then when I wanted to go further, I joined Bible school. I started going to Bible school. And I, I started learning. I, I would go to Bethel Bible College in Riverside. And I, and I just take course. I just take one, two courses at a time. I went for 23 years. I, I just, one thing, I'm not a quitter. Amen. So I just kept going and, and I just kept taking it in. I got my BA, then I got my master's, and then they finally conferred my doctorate to me. You know, um, but when you, you draw close to the Holy Spirit, he'll, he'll, he'll teach you. You know, I, I look at guys like Robert, you know, here he's, he works at a prison and, you know, he, he has a weekly prayer meeting right with your your other guards they get together and they pray you know i i knew this one one business guy he was in irvine 
And every Wednesday, they had Bible study and prayer. They made cell phones. They manufactured cell phones. But if you were in management at his company, you had to show up for Bible study and prayer. And then I met a guy in another country that was against the law to do this kind of thing, but he would um, take Galanda and I to his businesses, and he would say, I'd like you to preach to all my employees. So we'd go there, and, and he'd stop work at a certain time, no matter how many employees, everybody was required to come to the meeting. And I would preach, people would get saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, speak in tongues, I mean, at a business. And then after the meeting, which was usually a couple of hours, then he would set me in an office and he'd bring people to me and I'd minister to them and I'd pray for them and prophesy to them. And then we'd go and I'd say, brother, you know this is against the law. You know, and he says, listen, I pay my taxes. He said, and for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. This is a country that is no joke if you got caught doing that stuff. This is a country that you go to prison for this kind of stuff. But yet here in America, we're so fearful about what people think or about what people say if, if we stepped up and we did that. At some point in America, we've got to get bold again. Amen. We've got to start stepping out and, and being released to go and do these things. We've got to be bold and not be quiet any longer because Jesus is coming and he's looking for somebody to stand up and share the gospel. Is it going to be you? Are you the one? Are you the one that's going to do it? Are you the one that's going to tell your family, hey, you need Jesus. You need Jesus, really. Because you've been modeling Christ to them. My, my sister, I love my sister Kelly. She uh, works for a company and the, the, the manager, her manager, said that he was a Christian. And she said, no, you're not. And he goes, why would you say that? And she goes, well, my brother's a Christian. You're nothing like him. people say that of you are you shining are you going with the flow of the world because we can't we got to be different you don't have to come against the world you just got to love God and not participate in the world amen the Holy Spirit has empowered us to be a witness, amen? And let this be the year that you don't hold back. That you walk in that empowering. That you break off limitations and, and, and you get it done this year. That you really start working to save souls. It's time. It's time. Remember what the word says. The harvest is ripe. But the laborers are few. Let this be the year that we change that, amen? Let's step up and step out. Invest in your life the word. Get trained. Receive what God has for you so that you, you feel confident coming 
of going out to the Lord. Amen? You have a confidence in you that no one's going to stop you. And I'd like to finish this way today. Maybe today you, you say, Pastor Ron, I'd like to I'd like to make that commitment to the Lord that I'm going to start pressing in to him to be able to tell somebody about Jesus. You're saying you want to step up this year. I'd like everybody to stand right now. And if you're saying, Pastor, I'm willing. You may not know what it looks like yet. You may not know what, how God's going to do it in you or through you. But you say, I'm willing. If you're willing, I'd like us to come to the altar today and make that commitment to God. And I just want to anoint you with oil as you come. Or Jake's going to anoint you with oil. Come on, Jake. Anoint everybody with oil. You can come. Nobody's there. Come on, come close. The Lord gave me a vision today during worship, and it's like I saw the eyes of God, and he was looking to and fro, and he was searching for a group of people who would search after him, that would come to him, that would seek his face. We don't know how to do that sometimes, to stay in his presence, because like Pastor said, we get so distracted. How hungry are we to see God's face? How hungry are we for the anointing? How hungry are we for the miracles and the power of God to come into our midst? And he's waiting. His eyes are searching back and forth. I just saw him searching the earth, going back and forth, looking for a body of believers that really want him. I want him. I want him. Search your heart. Ask him to give you the heart to seek after him, to give him the attention, to press in. Amen. Yeah. Hey, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. But that river of life, <laughs> oh God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, strengthen each one of us today, God, in the name of Jesus. Yeah, just let it flow, God. Let it flow, Father. As we commit to you today, God, Lord, let it rain through us. I pray, Lord, for just holy boldness in each one of us, God. To share your love with people, Father, in the name of Jesus. Just let it move through each one of us, God. Let it move through each one of us today. Praise you, Father. Let it flow, God. Let it flow, Father, in the name of Jesus. Let it flow, Father, in the name of Jesus. Let it flow, God. Let it flow, Father, in the name of Jesus. Let it flow, God. A holy boldness. A holy boldness. A holy boldness, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we decree and declare, we'll not be silent, Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
in the name of Jesus. Let it flow, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Everybody just say this with me. Your heavenly Father, here I stand before you with my heart open wide. Fill me today, Lord. Empower me today, Lord. I'll be silent no more. But I will share the love of Jesus with the people I meet. Give me strength. Give me courage. Give me boldness. Give me love. I decree and declare today to go into all the world and make disciples. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a big clap today, huh? You've said it. And now go do it. Amen. Be nice to people out there. <laughs> Be nice to people out there. Amen. Amen. You can go back to your seats. Somebody's going to come right now. I don't know who.